I genuinely believe that like the world would be a better place if everyone spent more time focusing on things they actually enjoyed. People have jobs and stuff they have to do. But even if they had like, you know, in the back of their mind, they were like, oh yeah, I have to go to work today and maybe I really don't like my job. But in the evening, you know, I'm going to try and create this artwork that I've been really inspired to do. Perspective Podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, my guests and I provide the skills for thinking bigger, overcoming adversity, and making an impact with your work. What's going on? You're listening to episode 169 of the Perspective Podcast. My name is Scotty Russell, the Perspective Collective, and I'm here to break down the art of healthy hustling for artists, designers, and freelancers worldwide. At the end of each episode, I plug a listener of the week, so stick around to figure out how you can get a permanent shout out on a future episode. Real quick with some big news, on May 20th, I'm dropping my official digital ink brush set for Procreate. These are the exact custom brushes I use in my illustration, lettering, and calligraphy work. And the goal with these brushes is to help you capture that hand-drawn effect in a fraction of the time. And leading up to the launch though, I highly recommend joining the waitlist over at digitalinkbrushset.com. On the waitlist, you're going to be able to access a three-day drawing challenge. It's going to be fun for chances to have your work featured, and this is going to kick off on May 14th, that's a Thursday. The second thing is you're gonna receive free sampler brushes and you're also gonna access giveaways for each challenge. You know, you're gonna have multiple chances to win stuff. And here's the big one. Those on the wait list, you're gonna get an exclusive 35% off early bird discount that's gonna run through May 31st. But again, only the people on my email list, those VIP side hustlers, you're the only people that are gonna get this hookup, okay? And the price is never gonna be this low ever again. Don't miss out on these perks and join the wait list over at digitalinkbrushset.com. Moving on to today's topic. There are three important lessons I've learned along my creative grind. Number one, your creative dream won't manifest overnight. Number two, the process is more important than the destination. And number three, being consistent and willing to fail leads to breakthroughs over time. If you can embrace these truths, then you have a wildly successful creative career ahead of you. If you can't accept these facts, then your creative potential is quickly fading. Today's guest is a prime example of someone who's embraced these three lessons and is tapping into new breakthroughs year after year. I'd like to welcome my brilliant brother from across the pond, James Lewis, back again for round two today. James is a multidisciplinary British artist who specializes in painting unique and insanely entertaining video content that has a knack for going viral. This dude's work is clearly play, yet he manages to land massive projects with major brands like Samsung, Red Bull, Pepsi, Amazon, the NBA, and more. He's amassed an Instagram following of just shy of a million followers as I record this and a massive following of 2 million on TikTok. Damn. Safe to say, James knows what he's doing when it comes to creating engaging content that gets shared like wildfire. So take notes. Trust me, you're going to want to take notes on this one as we dive deep right from the jump on tips for creating a killer content strategy, setting expectations and building an audience, creating content that thrives on different platforms, analytical awareness and consciously consuming that part is so big. We also talk about experimenting, being consistent, having a vision, TikTok, YouTube and more. But before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Retro Supply. They're the leading provider of Illustrator, Photoshop, Procreate, and Affinity to design resources to make your work stand out in a fraction of the time. Take advantage of 20% off with my never-expiring promo code. 
That's Scotty20, Scotty with the Y20 through the special links in the show notes, or you can always find it in my Instagram bio. Thank you so much, Retro Supply. And you can find a link to all these as well as the show notes and a video of this conversation over at perspective-collective.com slash 169. If you found value in this episode, do me a favor because this one is loaded and spread the good word by sharing a screenshot or a video of you listening or working to this in the background. Make sure to tag me on Instagram as well as James L.L. Lewis so we can connect and I can reshare the love back. As always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Let's go. PC family, today I'm joined by the global painting sensation, my brother, James Lewis. Welcome back for round two of the Perspective Podcast. How you doing today, brother? Oh man, it's a pleasure to be back. What is it, 100 episodes later? Yes, fun fact. So he was back, he was on episode 69 of like 2017, 2018. And fast forward, uh, literally 100 episodes. This is episode 169. So a lot has happened. We recently just did an Instagram live session too a couple months back. But for those who didn't listen to that or didn't listen to episode 69, which is insane, um, let's catch people up. What has all happened within the last 100 episodes for you in the last two years to where you are today? Yeah, so it's been a sort of... um upward trajectory. I've been very, very blessed and very lucky. That's a modest description. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been, I put in place sort of a year and a half ago, nearly two years ago now, this sort of content strategy, which was um, at least one video a week, uh, three posts a week, and just as many stories as I can do. And I've just been sort of using that as like a basis to build off of, and then sort of trying to turn that into like an iterative process. So create a bit of, bit of content, see what works, see what doesn't, and then keep developing that until I can get something that's like engaging stuff that people are really interested in that's also like visually pleasing and a fun piece of content to make. And I think in the past year, I sort of found a way to sort of you know, bring all those things together nicely into like shareable content. And then the content has driven a lot of growth. And yeah, it's just been kind of crazy. So in one key word, to describe all of this is video. Without a doubt, yeah. So like I said, the, at the beginning, the strategy was at least one video a week. These days it's two to three. So it's it's all video now. Like my image posts, they, they get like probably like a 10th of the amount of engagement. It's just because I've been doing video for so long now and I think I've like primed my followers to engage with the video. So when they see an image, it's sort of like, they probably scroll straight past it, not even thinking it's me, but, uh, but it makes up for it because the video does like get the engagement rates. So ever since I've known you back to the early ligature collective days, you have always set expectations from people while you have a lot of different styles and a lot of different ranges you can do. Like there was a good stint for easily over a year. You were the Brown craft paper lettering, 3d popping artist for a long time there, or just like flat, um, lettering or logos or something like that. That's what people came to expect. Now people expect video of doing this stuff that we talk about, doing something familiar of logos and painting, but in an unfamiliar way, such as you do it. Um, but you always set expectations. Like you said, you've primed the pump for what people um, expect from you. Like talk about how powerful that is. I've been looking into sort of what's been set up over the past, like my lifetime, basically. And what's like one of the biggest entertainment things is sort of like TV. TV does such a good job, or it used to, now it's more YouTube, of sort of 
you know what you're getting with the TV show. Say, for example, The Simpsons. You know you're going to get, you know, family sort of drama, fun, entertaining program. You're already primed. You sort of could predict the jokes almost. But they always find a way to sort of twist it and do something that's fun and engaging. So my plan was sort of to do something similar where it's like you, you, you already have an idea of what I'm going to be doing. It's something relatable, like you said, logos, um, like quotes that are maybe quite famous. Lately, it's been characters like Peter Griffin in the background here. Uh, just yeah. related, exactly. Relate, relatable things, but also done in like quite a fun and quirky way. Has that always been kind of the formula or when did it just start clicking? Like, because you, you said you started doing video, hardcore video once a week, about a year and a half ago. And boom, there's another golden tip right there. Video, uh, a weekly consistency, a minimum of a once a week. Like that's what I tell people to do consistency is everything and look at james consistency over time setting expectations leads to insane growth without a doubt yeah it's it's 100 the most uh significant thing that i've done is be consistent because you know you show up on time and people will show up to watch it and you know the more consistent you are with putting out content the more consistent your followers are are going to be with like engaging with it and i think that's one of the reasons why like my videos do get such like decent engagement is because People are sort of expecting the videos. And then I also like do my best to uh, engage back with them. You know, some videos I'll post on Instagram and I'll literally spend three hours replying to comments. And that's important. (laughs) People are going to care about you when you show you care about them and engage back with them. So in terms of like posting consistently, whether it was once a week or now three times a week, do you post at the same time each time to build an audience within that time zone? Or is it just like when you have something done and it works within your schedule that you know you can be free to respond to people, then you post. Does it matter to you? Yeah, so it's, it's definitely calculated and it's been sort of something I've been working on for a while, sort of seeing what when is the best time to post, um, sort of trialing out different times. Um, I figured out sort of for me, it's around 3 p.m. GMT. Um, and then I'll do Tuesday, I'll do Thursday and I'll do Sunday. If I have like an extra bit of content, I'll put it on Wednesday as well. But it's usually around three to four in the week. And then on the weekend, on the Sunday post, it's usually a little later, about 5 to 6 p.m. Do you track your metrics and everything so you can see how things perform or you just reference the app? Uh, yeah, so it's more so referencing the app and doing uh, just checking the analytics from the app and uh, sort of making note from that as well. And what I usually do, so I'll post the content at 3, and there's usually a big burst then. And then around like 5 or 6, when people are getting off work here in the U.K. and Europe, I'll be really heavy on stories. Ah, so you spread them out. You, okay, you, okay, okay. Yeah, so like I have like a big uh, like a story, Instagram story strategy that I've been sort of developing now for the past like couple months. And it's like uh, on the days that I post, for example, today, Tuesday, so I'm posting at three. There's a story that comes out at like 12, story comes out at one, story comes out at two, story comes out at three, uh, like basically promoting the main post. Um, I'll lay off about four and then probably, you know, like right now, 5 p.m., six, I'll put some more stories out. Related. Are all these stories you're talking about related or sneak peeks to the same, the main post or just anything? Lately, I've been doing uh, sort of callbacks. So videos that I created um, like a year ago. Like this is, you know, the advantage of being consistent is that I've got so much content now. You got a gold mine you can reshare at the drop of a dime if you're in a pinch. Yep. Yeah, I've got like a good couple hundred videos uh, just on my Mac that I can continually put out just to keep people engaged. So I think uh, one of my videos today was 
yeah, I think the first one I posted was sort of a sneak peek for the video later in the day. Then it was some content I've created from before. Uh, then as the video went live, it was sort of, I usually share the first like five seconds of the video in the story. And then say, you know, if you want to check out the rest of the video, head over to the main feed, engage with it there. And then later on in the day, I'll probably continue to post snippets from the main story, uh, main video, and then relate that back. And then also just continue to put out content. Ben, I have, I have a huge habit of whenever I talk to you, we just go deep. We skip the surface level of anything. It's just like, let's start getting deep on the stuff. So sure, um, if you could, I got to rewind it real quick. Can you give people a brief Wikipedia page summary about who you are, what you do and why people should care? And we could just dive right back in. Cause not everybody knows you, even though what you got over a million now on TikTok. I saw you have approaching 800 K on an Instagram. And I remember you and me linked up back in the days when we both had like maybe 10,000 or less, you know? So I've truly witnessed all of this over the years. So who is James Lewis? <laughs> so James Lewis is a British artist. I rebranded myself recently from lettering artist to British artist. Um, just because I wanted to sort of explore different things. Not so pigeonholed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think on our IGTV chat, we had a little conversation about being pigeonholed into like one thing. And uh, recently with some of the paintings I'm doing, I realized that it, it, the construct of a lettering artist was more in my head than it was anywhere else. So. I'm just an artist now, you know, I'm free, free to do what I want and I'll create as much and as weird things as possible. Um, yeah. So as, as we sort of been speaking, like I've been creating content now, mostly for Instagram for the past like six, seven years, started off doing calligraphy, then hand lettering. Um, and now it's a lot more like painting and bit, mostly video really trying to get those satisfying strokes and just create as much entertaining content as possible. Uh, what else? I've, been lucky enough to work with some crazy brands like uh, Rolls-Royce, Samsung, Converse recently. Just, yeah, some amazing brands and really cool projects. And yeah, I guess I'm just sort of an, an artist living as an artist. And thankfully, I've been successful based on just being consistent with what I do. And I think everyone, including myself, wants to know what's like the breakdown of your time because you do your thing full time as an artist. One thing I want to mention, too is you keep yourself open to have a variety of different styles right now, but you have the, you know, those are your variables, but you have your constants, which are painting and video. So that's what sets the expectation. But now with that, those having those set frees him up to do whatever he wants, anything else he wants within that, that confines of an artist. So yeah, just something for people to think about what's your constants, what's your variables, but what's your breakdown then between how much allocated time goes into client work in a week versus like, you just creating content for the sake of creating content because this is what James wants to do. Yeah. Um, it, it really depends on sort of what uh, projects come along. So over the past year, I've been, again, lucky enough to sort of pick and choose the clients that I want to work with. And these days, I own, I'll only take on a client project if it's something that I want in my feed. Something they'll hire you for your own style that's postable. For exactly. You. Yeah, that's exactly it. So it's, it's only um, like I'll only create something if it's content that I would already create anyway, basically. And I'm just creating it for someone. It fits within your, your process. Yeah. Right now, like my main revenue stream would be um, like brand collaborations, but it's really diversified and one month, it could be, you know, print sales, one month, original art sales, brand collaborations. It is very varied, but I'd say overall it is brand collaborations. But even those, it is like doing something in my own style. I'm painting like a logo of a company or I'm painting a celebratory graphic. For example, I worked with um, NBA team Sacramento Kings. Kevin Durant, I saw. Yeah. 
what is something can how open can you get? I don't know NDAs or this or that in there. What is something like a brand collaboration? What can you charge for something like that? Yeah, so it's it really depends on the client and the extent of the project, but it's like a good couple thousand, you know, depending on what it is. And I usually break it down. So the the price uh, price chart that I send over it breaks everything down into sort of incremental. So you know, I send this to not just um, corporate clients, but also people as well, because it's got like the painting of the content, then it's got, you know, video production, photography, uh, sharing on my Instagram, sharing on my TikTok, sharing on my Facebook, you know, you could package those together. It's like line items. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And then it's like licensing, you know, if you want to share this content on your social media, if you want to put it on your website, if you're going to use it as an advert, and then also if I'm creating like an original piece for the content, uh, the licensing of that then on merchandise. And um, so, yeah, there's always different ways that you can sort of break down the costs so people can, I guess, rationalize paying the money. For sure. Do you give, do you, do you give them the option to buy out too? So they own it? Yeah, for sure. Like that's part of the licensing is like a complete IP buyout. And that's what you want people to do, right? Like give me that money. Cha-ching. That's ideal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then also like, um, for some like big brands, like big clothing brands, it can be good to get that sort of residual income as well. So maybe instead of like charging a full upfront fee, I charge sort of like 50% of the fee, but then I get 20% of the revenue. So then there's, there's, you know, you've got to be sort of a businessman around it as well and try and figure out what would be the best way to sort of complete the project. But then also, you know, if I have skin in the game, if I have percentage in this product doing well, then I'm obviously going to want to put like that extra 20% in myself. So you're thriving as an artist, but at the same time, I think this episode is all around killer content strategy. You're, you're a strategist, you're a marketer, you're a promo wizard. You know, why do some people struggle with this so much you know how how did you find the secret sauce or to you what is that secret sauce for creating likable shareable entertaining content you know what what did you find to be the secret sauce or what 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 did you struggle with in the beginning the thing is it's been a really long process and i'd say only in the past year it's really started to sort of blow up so you, you there's always that you know that overnight success sort of story that is obviously never real I'm here to tell everyone it's not overnight for you. I've, I've, yeah, for sure. I've witnessed it all. Yeah, for, for most people it isn't though. You know, you, you spend a very long time. For me, it's sort of like a really iterative process. So I, I created, say way back in like 2015, I'd create something, I'd put it out there and I would like, I didn't have a following at the time. So I'd actively go out, message people. What do you think of this? What can I improve on? It's always like trying to learn from people's responses um, and their feedback and trying to integrate that and experiment further. So it's just been like a really slow and iterative process of creating, gaining feedback, uh, creating something new and then sort of measuring those results. So it is a very much sort of like marketing approach of creating art and content. Um, but then also trying to figure out, all right, well, maybe this is doing well. How can I do something that does well, but also is something I enjoy? So there's a lot of factors that I sort of had to try and weave together. And again, like within this past like six months to a year now, it's really started to come together into something I'm sort of really proud to be creating and it's really like popping off. So to recap for people, constantly experimenting, but paying attention to the metrics and the analytics. 
Because if you're just posting and you don't know why you're posting or who it's for or how it compares to what you posted in the past, then you're just playing a guessing game. And I feel like that's how people get so defeated is they're just guessing. They're showing up and putting something out there, hoping it's hope marketing, hoping people will like it. Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, I've definitely been guilty of that, like uh, getting sort of sentimental over a style or sentimental over like, um, yeah, like a piece of content that I really love and think is like the best thing in the world or like a type of art that I really want to push. But then when I actually create it and get it out there in the world, it doesn't get that response. So you sort of, you know, as, as a sort of creative these days, you do have to find a way to balance, you know, what you want to create and what the world wants to see or what is uh, sort of appreciated and find that sort of middle ground. I love that. So your art is for you, but if you want to make a thriving creative career, a creative business in general, it's got to stem from you. Like you're getting hired right now for the work you want to create in the style and the process, and the medium you want to create, and it fits your feed, but it's taking you a long time to get here. But you've done this by experimenting, finding that balance of what you like to create, but then paying attention to like how it performs. But you're not like catering. You're not just straight up just like, I'm going to make a piece because I think people will like it. But inside, like James doesn't like yeah, it. Yeah, no. You know, maybe you have before. I'm guilty of that in the past. But like, you know, I, I don't do that anymore because that's just feels gross and empty. Yeah, for sure. For, for me, it was like um, when I really started early on in lettering, it was like uh, sort of like motivational, cheesy quotes. Like everyone was doing it and I was sort of like, I get it and I really like it. But every time I made it, it was sort of like, it did kind of feel a little bit off or maybe a little bit disgenuous because I think for, for me anyway, personally, I think inspiration isn't somewhat, something you can sort of like put in front of people. Like you can't like say, this is inspirational, have this. It's sort of something that you sort of decide within yourself. Maybe like what's inspirational to me, like an inspirational person to me might not be an inspirational person to you. So if I'm trying to create this sort of catch all uh, inspiring quote, for me, it just slowly started to feel a little bit disingenuous. For sure. And, and last in our Instagram live session, we broke down like the three buckets of value, inspiration, education, and entertainment exactly and you by far play in that entertainment book i think you hit kind of all of them process you know the breaking down the process and everything or teaching or the educational courses you hit that insp- or uh, that education bucket and then sometimes in your quotes you'll do storytelling lately i know it's more shorter questions and stuff like that yeah but why entertainment so entertainment you feel is what people are craving the most right now mm-hmm. i can see that on tiktok tiktok is totally pure entertainment not so much the inspiration bucket unless you're listening to like a gary v you know or someone that's that's really well known so describe like the entertainment why should people angle for that entertainment route what if they don't feel entertaining yeah i think well i think it's really important to focus on the entertainment just because there's so much content out there like you know if you go into like i have like nieces and nephews who are quite young for example and you ask any of those guys you know what they want to do they want to be youtubers they all, yeah, right. you know, they all want to be creators. They all want to create and entertain. So you have right now where there's this huge surplus of people uh, creating content and um, putting stuff out there. But then I guess if you want to progress and be like a person in the social media sphere, then you need your content to be rising above everyone else's. And I think one of the ways you can do that is obviously creating the most entertaining content you can. 
And for me, I think it lent nicely with the content I was creating anyway to try and just like maximize the entertainment value with, uh, you know, like really satisfying brushstrokes and nice music that's kind of relaxing and just trying to create that sort of entertained, chilled out, like almost hypnotic vibe where you just like watch all the videos. Putting people in a trance. Yeah, 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 exactly. But hopefully like a, a relaxing one and a stress-free one. A stress-free one. So the entertainment bucket for someone who's listening, they think that they have to be funny like a comedian. So you're basically breaking it down. Like you're in that oddly satisfying, satisfying brushstrokes bucket. What other types of buckets of entertainment can there be? In your opinion, that you see that are working for other people, just so people don't be like, "Oh, well, shit, I'm not funny." So I guess I guess I'm screwed right now with my content. Yeah, I think entertainment is very broad in the sense that what entertains one person is going to not, you know, not the other. So yeah, there's definitely really funny people who are on TikTok who are killing it right now. Uh, but then there's also some people who are like making, you know, entertaining videos that are like sort of more relaxing. You know, I guess my sort of art style, that sort of thing works other like maybe classical painting there's people doing like dancing so it's not like entertainment the shuffle breakdown yeah 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 so it's not like entertainment in the sense of like you're laughing and you're having a great time but it's entertaining in the sense that it's retaining your attention uh and then within that you can i guess you know you can be inspiring or you can be educational but i think by sort of leading with this entertainment it sort of primes people to be more interested in like the rest of what you're doing so would you say if you're trying to figure out how to be more entertaining with your work or tap into that bucket, would you kind of do a self-reflection of what's the type of content that you feel entertained that retains your attention? Is that what you did to figure out what worked for you? Did you notice like other people's time-lapse stuff was like oddly satisfying to you or like how did you reverse engineer it and how would you, I guess, uh, recommend someone else give it in a shot? That's a good, that's a good question. I, I can't remember exactly how I sort of came about that sort of time-lapse style because there was definitely people doing time-lapses obviously for like, you know, ages, but then the sort of style that I went for where it was instead of just like everything really sped up, it was sort of like a collection of short moments that lead up to like the final piece. I don't know. I sort of just thought to myself, like, how could I best present what I'm doing? So I think it's, it's all about finding that one thing you're interested in first and you like to do which in your case would be painting. Yeah. And then finding a unique way to present that. So yeah, for me, it was sort of this time-lapse thing. And I, yeah, I definitely would have seen time-lapse videos of other artists that would have influenced me, but it wasn't so much of a, a conscious effort of like researching it. It was sort of how can I make a piece of content that is interesting and exciting for me? Um, and then obviously put that out there and again, do that iterative process and see what people respond to uh, the content. And I definitely put out some like, you know, that fast paced time-lapse style. And I noticed that it definitely didn't get as much engagement as the same sort of style video, but instead of like everything sped up, it's like a few clips that are in like normal time. Uh, and then you see the final result. Man. So when you shifted from that, that just a sped up, here it is, everything's full in frame to like, here's little parts and pieces for the big reveal at the end. Did that increase your editing time like wildly? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, at the same time, it's one of those things where you get used to it. Just becomes routine. Yeah. 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 So I was editing, uh, literally just a couple of days ago, my first YouTube video. And uh, we had probably about three, four hours of footage, uh, for an event I did with Converse in London. 
and I end, ended up like spending two days editing it and we got like four minutes uh, footage at the end. So like it's, it's crazy and yeah, that was a two hour whole process of me trying to pull together this narrative, this voiceover, this music, but trying to keep it engaging as well. And obviously it, that one took me two days, but I imagine, you know, when I've done 10 YouTube videos, it'll take me a couple of hours. So it's about like sort of streamlining that process. What's the importance of the hook in the beginning? Like the first three seconds of grabbing someone's attention, you know, how important is that? And what, what are some ways to like, I, I guess, capitalize on that? Well, I think it's equally as important as the content itself. Like literally just before uh, we're doing this podcast now, I had like, I've got a contact at YouTube who's sort of helping me get on the app. And we were talking about uh, the content itself, but then also how to package and present it. And she was saying that like the thumbnail, the title, the first couple of seconds, it's all just as important and needs to be as considered as like the remainder of the 10, 15 minute video. And it's exactly the same on like Instagram and especially like TikTok as well, because you know, you've got a couple seconds, if that on TikTok, you probably have got about 1.5 seconds to really grab people's attention. So for example, with my videos, um, the first like two seconds, there's usually about three sort of clips, three cuts in three seconds. And yeah, in that like first couple of seconds. The Side Hustlers Handbook PDF course is now available over at SideHustlersHandbook.com. This is your blueprint for experiencing the freedom of a fulfilling and profitable creative side hustle future. It's an in-depth yet easy to digest and interactive resource packed with thought-provoking and action-oriented exercises, reference examples, and clutch resources. The best part is that it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg or four figures and take you months to complete. So if you're tired of feeling creatively stuck and you refuse to be in the same place you're at a year from now, then this was made specifically for you. It's designed to help you gain extreme clarity and confidence, master and leverage your limited time, become a self-promoting machine to attract the right tribe and or client, and so much more. The best part about this is that a one-time purchase unlocks lifetime free upgrades. However, you gotta jump on phase one of the handbook ASAP at this current introductory rate as the price is going to increase as I begin updating it with new exercises and expanded resources. So if you're fed up with where you're at and you're ready to invest in your future side hustle success, snag your handbook right now over at sidehustlershandbook.com. Your breakthrough is waiting. Man, that's so much work. And we were talking before we got on and I was like, hold up, let's just make sure we start recording um, before we like miss all this. And so you you shoot your time-lapse videos with multiple cameras in order to get these different shots and then you compile all your stuff. So like, is your process now from... So you can record something keeping like, here's your, your vertical, um, nine by 16 for Instagram that, con that, that converts to Instagram TV, but then it also, you can just tweak it a little bit for uh, TikTok. But now that you're bringing in YouTube in the fold, you know, now what is your editing strategy like? Cause YouTube is more horizontal based. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's going to be that learning process again. What are again. you doing to yourself? <laughs> I'll probably have to buy another camera. I was to say, is this like yeah. a third one? And now yeah. how do you, I don't, I don't understand. How does your brain put all this together? Well, it's going to be a lot of trial and error. Exactly that. Yeah. So it's, again, it's that iterative process and I'm, I'll be honest, like, you know, I'm so nervous to try and do something new because I, I feel like within myself, I've only just got to be able to like get nailed down, like how to do successful, like short form videos 
and now I'm challenging myself with like long form as well. So, but I think that you need that sort of challenge to keep pushing you. I'm a person I, I love to learn. So even before making this first YouTube video, I've been, you know, doing loads of research and research doesn't mean like, you know, like learning like from courses and stuff. I didn't do any of that. It's more so just being analytical when I'm watching the content that I actually enjoy and think to myself, like, why do I enjoy this? What is it about the editing that is interesting to me? The tone of voice, why am I laughing right now? You know, trying to really be analytical about the content that I enjoy. That's, that's, that's when a creative can flip the switch from the creative who just is like a starving artist to like the business person who's making a career out of it is what you're saying right there. The analytical side of things. I think that's brilliantly articulated that I've been trying to like understand how to communicate that to people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's the sort of level of consciousness where you'd like, well, awareness where you're sort of watching something, but you're not just consuming the content. You're asking questions whilst you're doing it. You're watching it with like, uh, I guess, an intention to learn how they're successful. And that, that's been huge for me as well. Like, That's gold. I think that's the biggest takeaway in this episode right now. <laughs> so far. <laughs> so far. So far. Conscience when consuming. But, uh, but yeah, that's been huge for me is I've, I've always been looking up to artists who are doing incredible things and trying to understand their success and understand their process, even most of the time from afar. But there was definitely one person. Um, when I, did you ever use Behance? Um, I mean, it's been a while. When I was like trying to attract a lot of client work, I was, I was using Behance. But now that I'm heavy in coaching and client work's like 2B. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty dead right now. But um, I think people still should be on it if they're trying to get their work out there. Yeah, you should be. If, you, yeah, if you're trying to get engagement, you should be everywhere just seeing what works for you and your content. But, uh, but yeah, when I was first starting out, I was really heavy on Behance. And I was, again, reaching out to all of these like successful people, people who were doing amazing things. And there was this one guy, he got back to me. Basically, I put out this logo project and it was really early on. So it was really bad. And he got back to me with this like six page PDF document where he sort of broke down everything that I had done wrong, but not just like said, this is bad, this is bad. Offered like alternatives, what I could have done, what decisions I could have made. And that, that, that was like hugely like transformative for me. And it's like one of the reasons I still reply to pretty much everyone who gets in touch with me is because it is so important to be looking up to people um, and always thinking, always having in your mind, like the next step, like, oh, I can't wait till I'm at the same stage as this person and that doing this cool thing. I, I love that. So you're just now only finding your real true groove and it's banging and it's popping off. But now it's always like, I think you got to have one foot in, but then one foot out seeing what's next. Yeah. You know, so you don't get left behind. I feel like I had both feet in a long time and I got left behind when the video came around, but also a kid and day job. And there's just a lot of other factors that made it hard for me to get that other foot out. But now I'm better at it now that I do my thing full time. But I think that's a, an important thing too. Don't get married to just this because in the age of internet and content creation and just social media, shit's always evolving. You know, so you're finding what's, so like, what's next after TikTok? Like everybody else is just jumping on TikTok right now. Yeah. You know, and you've been on it since last year. Yeah, for sure. I was, yeah, lucky. I early adopter, really loved the app. And again, like my content, it, it, it does really well on TikTok because it's sort of, in a way already it was made for TikTok. Cause it, it was, yeah, totally it already made. had that sort of short, intense, but satisfying um, video. It's all bright and vibrant. So 
you know, as you're scrolling through your stop because it's almost like a, a hit of just like bright color. So I think, yeah, I, I was kind of lucky that that sort of aligned um, and really came together for me. Yeah, your audience has truly exploded from like that 18 to maybe 32, maybe even 32 is on the older side, but like maybe 18 to 26 is really like where your people live. So it's like you were meant for TikTok. For sure. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of, yeah, it just sort of fell in place. I was super lucky. I really can't. Yeah. So tell us kind of what's next. What, what are you working on in the meantime? So as we're talking right now, um, who knows when this comes out in May, what's going to be happening? Like you're a quarantine creator. So am I. <laughs> um, so what are some of the big moves that you're, you're working behind the scenes of terms of your personal work, content strategy, or client work? You know, what, what are you doing for you for the next step? You got that foot in the next thing right now. What's that for you? Exactly. So I've got like a few things that are coming up. Like, as I mentioned the YouTube, so I'm trying to be putting out now at least one YouTube video a week, just because I think on top of yeah. three yeah. TikToks and Instagram. Exactly. Okay. So are you yeah. saying no to a lot of client work these days? Well, yes. But the, the thing is the client work is, um, it's usually artworks. So, so it counts as one of your posts. Yeah. 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 So, okay. okay. So it works within the field. Okay. That's exactly it. So my main goal now, whilst starting off this YouTube is finding a way to marry the three pieces of content together. And one of the ways I was sort of thinking about this is because like, say for example, I want to, make a YouTube video about my inspirations. Uh, then within that, I'll be like talking to the camera for about a few minutes and then also paint um, a lettering piece that says maybe inspiration or something. So, you know, you're getting this information, you're seeing some visuals that's also entertaining. And then I can post out the short form video of that artwork and say, hey, if you want to learn about my inspiration, then you can check out the full video on YouTube. So my plan is to try and find a way to sort of marry um, at least, yeah. So those pieces of content together so that I'm not creating separately, you know, three for Instagram, three for TikTok, uh, one for YouTube. You're multi-purposing and promoting each video to lead to the other. Exactly. Video. Yeah. So you're, you're cross pollinating your platform. Yeah. 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 Exactly. exactly. That. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. You're siphoning your audience to different, so they can find you everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And just, yeah. And just like, for, again, for the long form, it's just a better way for people to sort of learn a little bit more about me as well, because obviously the short, short form videos are great and people can get a little bit of a sense of who I am through like the captions and some of the things I say in my stories, but it's, it's you know, it's important for me to sort of build on that community that I've already sort of, uh, started building up on short form content uh, and then, you know, bring that to life sort of on YouTube and help people with um, sort of learning, I guess, what I do. Uh, and then hopefully I can inspire them to create art because I think I genuinely believe that like the world would be a better place if everyone spent more time focusing on things they actually enjoyed. And I know like I can, you know, it's, it's great coming from me because I get to live my sort of dream life and create art every day. But um, yeah, if, you know, I get it. People have jobs and stuff they have to do. But even if they had like, you know, the, in the back of their mind, they were like, oh yeah, I have to go to work today and maybe I really don't like my job. But in the evening, you know, I'm going to try and create this artwork that I've been really inspired to do. So I think, yeah, that, that's sort of the main goal for me on the YouTube is to sort of help inspire people to get more creative and hopefully just brighten up their lives a little bit with some fun paintings as I do it. So last I, last I also knew, everybody used to ask me, hey, what pen is that? What pen is that? 
But everybody's asking you, what brush is that? Now you're going to be able to answer that question, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, I've been over the past like six months now developing my own range of brushes. Hopefully by the time this, uh, this podcast comes out, I'm pretty sure they'll be live. So there'll be a link somewhere uh, with, on screen, maybe <laughs> in the comment section. And just in case you got like a wait list, just in case, because I know like with this whole pandemic, it's kind of put a, a damper on stuff. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, if, if it's not live, then yeah, there's a wait list on my Instagram bio and my TikTok bio, probably be on the link in the screen somewhere as well. And it's just, it was just a way for me to sort of gauge who would be interested because yeah, like, like you said, the, the main comment I get is, you know, what are the brushes I use? And I've spent like hundreds of pounds trying to find the right brush. And what I sort of came to realize was there was some really big companies, uh, like, you know, brush companies that have been around for hundreds of years. They were producing these really high quality red sable hair brushes, but some of them were like really, you know, overpriced sort of, you know, a hundred dollars for brush, which is kind of crazy. So sort of my goal with this was to create a quality product, like the best quality that I could make with my own specifications. So my own like preferred length of hairbrush, uh, weight of the brush, all of these like really boring things that really make a difference to me and help like make me paint as precise as possible. So I was able to sort of bring all those together and then create a product that was, you know, economically not super overpriced as well especially when you know your target demographic is that 18 to 32 range, you know, like, yeah, exactly. It's not like someone who's been sitting on a 401k for 30 years or something like that with deep pockets. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I'd imagine some of the, especially on TikTok, some of the people following me there are probably even younger. So ideally, you know, putting out a product that is reasonably priced, but can, that can still help people like achieve a similar look to the um, artworks that I'm creating. Word. Well, that's going to be available on your shop then when it comes out? Yes. Well, well I'll be setting up um, an independent website just so it's something that I can have all of the information in one place. So I haven't set up the URL or anything yet, but again, over this next month, it'll be there. It'll be by the time this comes out, you know, this, yeah. this will be baked into the show notes and everywhere. So um, do you got a course you're working on too? Yeah. So that'll be out uh, very soon as well. Uh, I flew out to Madrid uh, a few months back to work with a company called Domestica. So they set up uh, a load of really cool online courses. And the way they structure their business is you sort of pay per course rather than a monthly fee. And uh, they can sort of charge such little prices. You know, this course will be like 20 bucks because they have like millions of users. So for this 20 bucks course, you're probably getting uh, a similar quality course to what like other people are putting out for a lot higher prices because this company already has that user base. So they know that they can uh, sort of charge decent prices, which is great because it means more people can learn uh, brush lettering, which is the course. More accessible. Yeah. And it makes it more accessible. So yeah, it's, um, it's different. The course itself is very broad in reach because it's mostly just about how to use uh, the brushes that I use in my artwork. The course is centered around brush lettering but it's like the skills and the same technique that I use for, you know, Peter Griffin behind me here. Yeah. Yeah. You got like the curves and everything that you'd be using on like some kind of script, but still it's going to work on his butt ball chin. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Is that supposed to be dropping kind of the same time to kind of pair up with your brushes ideally in a perfect world if everything yeah. comes back together? Yeah. So the plan, yeah, the plan was to launch both, launch both of them at the same time, but with the, the virus and all the stuff that's going on, is looking like the course will come out first 
Uh, that'll be sort of the end, well, early, early April. Uh, and then the brushes will be out late April, early May. Okay. Okay. So, yep, this will all be out by the time this comes out. So, uh, perfect. I'll make sure to link all that up, especially Thank beforehand you. before this comes out. We'll, we'll plug the course. Anything else you want to add on top of like the brushes or the courses to make sure people know about or make sure they know it's for them? Um, basically, yeah, if you're interested in sort of for the, for the brushes and I guess the, the course as well, if you're interested in learning how to achieve that sort of painterly style that you see in my videos, that flat uh, brush, that flat paint texture and the like long satisfying lines, then yeah, the brushes in the course will be perfect for you. Word. All right, before we uh, jump into rapid fire mode, what's one piece of advice you'd give yourself when you were just starting off, you know, just as a content creator? Just keep going. I think that that's the main thing for me is sort of like, it doesn't really matter um, sort of what you're doing now. What matters is like what you want to be doing in like five years time or like one year's time or even like a month's time. And just having that sort of uh, that future ideal for me, it was you know creating creative content that lots of people saw that I got paid to do, um, and that was sort of my goal a few years back. Now I've achieved that. Now I've got different goals. So I think having like a a long goal and just keep going, keep moving towards it, even if it's baby steps or if it feels like you're not going anywhere, just sort of assess, realize you know how you can try again, but just just don't stop. I like it. Have that vision. Keep experimenting. The The goal and the story may may be the same, but the plot and everything else can change along the way. Okay. Keep that carrot in front of you. Sure. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. You never know how you're going to get there, but just having that like idea in mind, you know, you, naturally your decisions are going to go towards that idea. Yes. Yeah, that vision, you know? Yeah. Keep that vision. Okay. Perfect. So let's, let's pivot to rapid fire. If you were on death row, I don't, I can't remember if this was a question that I asked before last time. I think it might've been, but if you were on death row, what would your last slice of pizza be? Oh, it was. Yeah, we did. I can't remember. This, this staple question, man, it's been around for over a hundred episodes. I think so. this is, so this is interesting actually, cause I'm pretty sure last time we spoke, I was vegan. So I think I said it would have been a vegan pizza. These days I'm not. So this is death row. You know, you're done for after this. So you might as well go out with a bang. What's it going to be? Yeah, for sure. My favorite pizza is probably like a nice wood-fired pizza, thin base, uh, with like roast chicken and uh, like red peppers. Okay, fancy. Oh yeah, fancy, fancy. Okay, <laughs> if you could have lunch with one person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I want to have lunch with, um, you know, Cause Brian Connolly. Yeah. Yeah, I want to have lunch with that guy. Why? Because he's got a really interesting story and in, um, how he sort of come up as an artist starting off on the streets, doing a lot of graffiti and street art when that sort of thing was very much frowned upon. And he sort of lived through the whole progression of it becoming now like one of the biggest art movements of our time. So I think it'd be really interesting to get his perspective on it. Interesting, valid. Okay, uh, if you were stranded on an island, what are three things you have to have to refrain from dying from boredom? Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to think. It's a good question because I'm in like solitary confinement pretty much right now, you know, full isolation, day one of lockdown here in the UK. But you have all your supplies and everything around you. So yeah. you paint and everything, it's, it's in abundance in your studio, but not on an island. Yeah. And and answers like sunscreen and food, no, no, let's get creative and have some fun with this answer. It would, obviously, it would have to be my phone, uh, number one, for sure. I mean, wait, do I get a signal out there? 
it's your world. If you, I mean, you're, it's a, it's a deserted island, man. If you had your phone, then you could call for help. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely phone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to get phone, maybe no signal, but like I can maybe post on Instagram. How's that? Okay. Okay. I feel like I need to, I need some sort of creative outlet and then I need that to be like rebounded back to me. You need that feedback loop. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Otherwise I get so bored. So just some sort of link to Instagram. Um, so then I have my phone. So there's a camera. So you just be doing like massive, pretty much entertaining video of like drawing and sand. Yeah. Oh, and like so shells good. and stuff. Yeah. I think, I think all I need is a phone. Just give me a phone. I'd have fun. Clearly you would need some kind of sun dialed charger, uh, solar power chargers, you know, for your phone too. Yeah. Okay. So we get three things. So like a, a power bank that I can like charge my phone, my phone and the charger. And I'll just like slum it out. I'll learn how to live on the island, you know? I'll forage coconuts. I'll build myself a hut and I'll record it all. And that'll be my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> so you need access to YouTube and Instagram. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have like a direct line to the internet. So like maybe a Wi-Fi router as well. <laughs> all right. So if if like coconuts are routers, my mind is going all over in crazy yeah. places now. Okay. If If you were reincarnated, what would your new career path be outside of being an artist? Maybe like a stock trader or something like that. Something completely what? left field. I'm yeah. Totally surprised me on that. Okay. I, I've been interested in stocks lately. I've been looking into it quite a lot. And I think it's another thing you could sort of do from home. Like you le- learn the basics, you learn, you do it from home. And then there's a few like YouTubers who I see who like they do stocks and they're really entertaining with their content. And there seems to be a strong community about it. So yeah, I could do that. All right. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Okay. Last one before I ask where people follow and support you, but do you believe in aliens, paranormal, or any type of alternative life forms out there? Ooh, that's a really good one. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, be, I think it would naive to believe that we're the only like sentient aware creatures. I don't think that they would be necessarily like, you know, gray aliens flying around. I think they'd be more sort of like interdimensional in the sense that they're like beyond this plane. Like we're just sort of like these little mass beings. We're like fifth grade education to these genius mastermind aliens around here. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they're just like teleporting all over the place because they don't have mass. You know, I think like something like that's probably more likely than like a gray alien. You definitely have thought about this. I was just watching a Joe Rogan podcast yesterday. So I think that's that's literally that answered it. They're talking about DMT and aliens and everything crazy on it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) Where can people go to follow you online and support you? Yeah, so it's um, at James L. Lewis on Instagram, TikTok, and search James L. Lewis on YouTube as well, all one word. Uh, my website, James L. Lewis, and I'll also have the uh, website for the brushes. That'll be out soon. Haven't got a URL yet. Still trying Whenever to get you get it, just ping me and I'll get it in the show notes Sweet. way ahead of time. Sounds good. So yeah, there'll be stuff in the show notes. Feel free to click through there. And yeah, you know, I produce really cool, entertaining videos, so feel free to come and check them out. Yeah, imagine 100 episodes maybe down the road when we get you back on for round three. What the hell are you going to be doing? I know. And what's the next vision that you're going to be working on? So um, thank you again so much for your time. Like it's, We could talk for hours Joe Rogan style and just go deep on topics. Sure. Dude, it's never a dull moment when we get together. Just know I appreciate the hell out of you, and I cannot wait to see where you are this time next year, the following year, and the next year moving forward. You got that next foot out the door already. What's next? So um, we'll keep in touch, all right? For sure, man. Thank you. All right, brother. Peace.
PC family, James freaking Lewis. Do what you do best. If you found value in this one, which I know you did, go blow him up on Instagram right now by sharing your biggest takeaway or sharing your notes with him. That'd be dope too. So thank you so much again, James. We appreciate you and your time and your creative genius you shared with us today. Let's not wait another 100 episodes to get you back for part three and let's go even deeper. So if this show has helped you anywhere along your creative grind, there are two ways you can support what we're building here. Number one is by financially backing the show over at patreon.com slash perspective podcast like my family at Iron Bean Coffee Company as well as my homie Tony Minix does. The second way to do this is by subscribing and leaving a rating and review over in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Not only does it help the show climb the charts in the arts design category, but more importantly, it locks you in as a future listener of the week, like this week's listener of the week. And this one's titled, Reignite Your Passion for Creating for Yourself. This one's long, but bear with me if you are looking to reignite your passion. Six months ago, I was completely lost in a funk and not enjoying what I was creating at my day job. I had stopped posting any work for over three years on my Instagram. A friend of mine sent me a link to one episode, episode 140, about finding your wolf pack. In that episode, I found Scotty was doing a coaching program, so I took a chance and applied. I got into the program, and in three months of following his guidance, I made so much progress that I'm still dumbfounded. Scotty will change your life. If you're looking to expand your mind and feel reinvigorated, Scotty has the best guests, the most value, and the most positive attitude. Listening to the podcast every week gets me fired up to keep pushing my work and bring more value to what I post on Dude Be Awesome. I cannot recommend this podcast enough, as well as Scotty. Uh, Rob. Rob was one of my bright and shining students from the first round of coaching program. Rob Almeida, again, he's at Dude Be Awesome, and I think you're going to be blown away uh, by the work you see over there. Rob, I appreciate the hell out of you, dude. Thank you so much. And as I sign off, I got to give a huge thank you to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, executive assistant, Paige Garland, video specialist, Colton Bacher, and Nick Jenkins at Bluka for all the dope theme music you hear on this show. And as you finish up your week strong, I want to continue to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and keep creating. You got this.